Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is your guy, Larry, and you just tuned into Black Nerds Biblecast. I'm so glad that you joined me today, and we are going to be getting right into um, the devotional called Crossing Crowns by Charles Stanley. Awesome, awesome devotion. I highly invite you to uh, take a listen to some of the previous episodes leading up to this. Um, this is day five. This is day five of Crossing Crowns, and uh, again, I hope that you enjoy this. This is entitled um, I believe this one is entitled The Resurrection, Why It, Why it Matters, okay? So, again, we're going to be getting into some, some heavy stuff here um, just about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, again, um, sorry for the length of this one. I think this was a little, went a little longer than I thought um, that I wanted to. But, again, I hope that I uh, hang in there. Um, it's really good. It's, it's all good, though. You know, definitely, definitely want to hang in there and listen to it. So, um, without further ado, sit back. Back, relax, and enjoy this next episode of Black Nurse Biblecast. Hey, good morning, guys. So we are going to get right into this devotion. We are on day five of Cross and Crowns. I hope that you've been enjoying this um, series of devotions. This is a seven day series uh, called entitled Cross and Crowns. In case you haven't been following me, um, it is an awesome devotion by uh, pastor teacher, Dr. Charles Stanley of In Touch Ministries, and I highly recommend it. I'm actually reading out of the version Bible app that you can get on your phone, whether you can get it on your phone, whether it's uh, Android or iOS or tablet or computer. Um, please download this app. It's an awesome app. It has so many wonderful things in it. Um, you can read different translations of the Bible from NIV to the New Living Translation to the King James, New King James, the the 1611, I believe, is in there. Even for those of you that are, are really, you know, really staunch uh, KJV um, or readers, <laughs> um, it has all kinds, though. The Message Bibles in there, you know, um, the Parallel Bible, all, all these different types of Bibles that are that are actually you can get under one single app. Um, it's translated in so many different languages. So if you're Spanish speaking, if you're, you know, whatever other uh, uh, language that you speak, it, it comes in different languages and it's just an awesome app um you can actually highlight uh you can highlight scriptures in this app you can share a portion of scriptures with your friends um they just recently opened up a, a part where now you can actually pray for uh, individuals that are are your friends in the app um just wonderful um it doesn't it doesn't like a full social media type really but you can um do prayer requests and people can follow you and they can pray for you as well so I think this is a really wonderful app. Um, it's just growing and growing and it keeps going through updates and stuff. So definitely I highly recommend it. So without further ado, let's get right into this, um, this real quick. And so today's um, devotion is entitled The Resurrection, Why It, Why it Matters. What if Jesus Christ hadn't risen from the dead? Where would that leave us? What assurance would we have about anything in life? Our confidence, thoughts about death, and our hopes for existence after this life would be all affected. Will all be affected. 
God knew Jesus' resurrection would raise many questions in our minds. That's why he led Paul to provide us with some answers. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 14, the apostle addresses the main issue. What if, resurrect, what if the resurrection didn't really happen? He writes, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. This means if the resurrection hadn't occurred, our faith would be empty and without foundation. We'd be false witnesses, spreading lies. All our effort for the faith would be worthless. And reading the scripture and sharing the good news would be a total waste of time. 1 Corinthians 15 and 17. All Christ's fathers, followers who died believing they were destined for eternal life would have simply perished. Their hope of heaven, nothing more than a delusion. 1 Corinthians 15 and 18. Worst of all, we'd still be living in our sins, still under guilt and owing our lives as a penalty our transgression deserve. Romans 6, 23. Paul summed it up this way. If we have hope in Christ in this life, only we are all men most to be pitied. 1 Corinthians 15 and 19. Thankfully, our hope extends beyond this life because Jesus truly has risen from the dead. God in his wisdom left us the undeniable evidence. For starters, the tomb was guarded by Roman emperor, Roman soldiers, excuse me, who faced imminent death if they failed to carry out orders. Though this precaution was to prevent Christ's followers from stealing the body and falsely claiming he'd risen, Matthew 27, 62 through 66, the tomb nevertheless ended up empty. Another indication is that the changed lives, uh, that of changed lives, something significant has to have taken place for Christ's fearful disciples to become bold proclaimers of the gospel despite violent threats. And you can read that in John 20, uh, verse 19. Most importantly, Jesus himself promised he'd rise from the dead. And that's in Matthew 16, 21. He claimed to be one of the one with the father, John 10 and 30. So either he he was he was and is the son of the living God or he was a liar. The record shows, however, he never told an untruth. John 14 and 6. Everything he promised or predicted came about just as he said it would, except for those prophecies that are still to come, such as his second coming. These two will one day occur exactly as he foretold, for there's nothing false about the sinless son of God. And this is John 7 and 18. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. Hey, welcome back. So, um, this devotion opens up with a question. What if Christ, what if Jesus Christ hadn't risen from the dead? Now, um, I can definitely tell you from experience that I noticed uh, there are times in my walk with the Lord, pretty much. And just being a Christian uh, believer, going to church and things like that. I noticed that um, we live in a world that 
Not everybody is a Christian. Not everybody um, will embrace the Christian faith or even celebrate your, you know, your walk with the Lord. Um, It's not, you know, we live in a world that unfortunately is not very popular um, as far as being a true believer, a true uh, child of God. Okay, you're going to be challenged. And one of the things that um, I find that people question a lot is what if um, Jesus Christ hadn't either risen from the dead or maybe is the gospel really true or is the Bible really true? So there's a lot of that uh, questions that um, I get from people. Now, now, to be fair, some of these questions are sincere questions, you know, because people that are seeking, um, they're seeking the truth. You know, they're seeking like questions because they sincerely want to believe. Maybe they have some um, experiences that led them to the point where they feel like this this is not they can't really fully trust it and that's understandable too so this here um devotion today is it's really kind of geared to those of us that uh answer those questions so that when we're approached by people that challenge us to challenge your faith even challenge whether or not you know it's if the bible what the bible says is real or what the gospel and in this case here this is a story this is a devotion about the resurrection now like i said before we're coming up on um the the easter um the Easter holiday or the Easter season in April. And uh, like I said, I felt like the, that the Lord was leading me to start getting into getting prepared, prepared for that and just getting into this devotion. And I'm glad we did. Um, so one of the questions, like I said, in the devotion is what if Christ Jesus had not uh, risen from the dead and where would that leave, leave us now? Yeah, it does um, give us some, some, um, some, um, questions, but it also uh, gives us some answers too. So it says God knew Jesus would Jesus' resurrection would raise many questions in our minds. That's why He led Paul to provide us to uh, us with some answers. Now, for those of you that don't know who Paul is, Paul was a missionary that wrote uh, pretty much one third of the the new testament a lot of books in the bible starting with romans uh the book of romans and and going through from like first corinthians first and second corinthians um were was books in the bible in the new testament as well as um goodness uh first first second corinthians uh i believe he also wrote like uh Oh, God, uh, Thessalonians, uh, Philippians and a few others. So um, he wrote uh, quite a bit of books in the Bible. These are these actually books weren't they were these weren't just books. These were actually letters. So these letters were to the different churches in the area. Now, the reason why Paul is so important, because, you know, first of all, Christ had um, encountered Paul on the road of, road to Damascus, and that was a city, basically a city that he was traveling to. He wasn't a Christian at first. Okay, Paul was not a Christian. Paul was one who actually um, he persecuted Christians. He was on the opposite end. He wanted to stop. He wanted to basically obliterate or get rid of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing that we get um, a lot of the most um, um, awesome defending 
uh, defend, defending scriptures of the faith of the gospel by a man who used to um, persecute Christians pretty much. So, you know, basically Jesus got a hold of him. Um, he blinded him basically of, of his sight at first and to uh, change his life around, uh, proving that Jesus is who he is. Now, remember, um, this is written by a man. Not only did he persecute Christians, but he also uh, uh, never even met Jesus Christ um along with the other disciples he was one of the last to actually meet jesus christ after he was risen from the dead so i think that this is a, a pretty amazing part of this devotional here and i just you know this is something that i uh, observed uh, going into this about paul and how how the mess i mean how the verses that we're reading are actually uh, from segments or uh, segments of paul's letter so um he said it says here that's why uh he led paul to provide us with some answers so one of the um the scriptures that we read is found in first corinthians um first corinthians uh, 15 chapter 15 verses 14 and it says here he's and this is paul talking or writing this letter it says and if christ has not been raised then all our preaching is useless and our and your faith is useless and we apostles would all be lying about god for we have said that god raised christ from the grave but that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead and if there's no resurrection of the dead then christ has not been raised and if christ has not been raised then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins in that case all who have died believing in christ are lost and if our faith or if our hope in christ is only for this life we are most we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world now this is a very um, uh, a head on attack on people that or on not just people. I'm sorry, on the argument um, for against Christ's resurrection. Remember, it, it, you don't see people being raised from the dead every day. Less known understanding that Christ's crucifixion was a public crucifixion. It was it was it was visible you might as well say for at that time for all the world to see going forward in history up until now do you know that christ's crucifixion is the most talked about um one of the most talked about um uh, events that has ever taken place in, in human history. It is the pinnacle of, of, uh, even the, the, uh, time timeline that we now have used the AD and BC, you know, um, ADs, AD stands for after death. Okay. Or Anno, Anno, goodness, I'm saying it wrong, but Anno Nai Domini It's a, it's, it's a actually, I think Latin, but, these things happen to to in, in in the in the life of the Bible or in the in the story of the Bible as we read these things. Now this is a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. Listen, once we get past the place of this is why Christ died, this is what God had done, he he presented Christ as a sacrifice, you're gonna have 
people that's going to challenge and going to say that, hey, this isn't this didn't really happen or he didn't really die or yeah, he resurrected, resurrected. Yeah, right. You know, nobody resurrects. Right. So, you know, in saying all this, you know, you have a man who was crucified on the cross execution style, the most horrific execution that you could ever think about at that time by Romans, by the by the the uh by that time, by the Romans who were ruling at that time, you know, they were they were the ones that um, were in control of the Jewish people. So, you know, there's a lot to go into that and we'll be getting into that sooner or later. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get into this. Now, um, as we see here, Paul addresses this issue, though, of, of people of doubt, because there are questions that have been raised about Christ's resurrection. And he says here further on in verse 15, and we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. Now, listen, let's stop right here. Now, we apostles will all be lying about God. And the reason why he puts that out there like that, because remember, or actually some of you may know or not know, but we, they were living in a time where you would get persecuted for talking about Christ. OK, you would actually be killed for talking about Jesus Christ. And you know something? Believe it or not, in 2020, we still have uh, places on the earth, countries even, where you're not allowed to talk about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're not a talk. They're not allowed to talk about the Christian Bible. You're not allowed to talk about the gospel. Okay, you will be killed, or you will be tortured, or persecuted, or your life is actually taken out because there are people in in the in the world today. Thank God we live in America. The reason why because this country has given us the freedom and freedom of religion to be able to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now. This here, when he talks about this, he's actually talking about this as as understanding that the apostles at that time that was preaching the gospel were very bold. And they were bold, not only talking about the crucifixion of Christ, but also the evidence that he that he resurrected and was risen from the dead. Okay, the wonderful thing about the resurrection, I will say this, I'm going to put this on a side note, is the fact that because of the resurrection, we now understand that he. He, that death couldn't hold him. Death was a temporary state for Jesus Christ. In other words, death was like it held him for what, three days. And after the third day, he would rise again. We're going to read later that he actually talks about this and says to said this to his apostles, his disciples that followed him. He says, I will die. I, you will see me die on the cross. But in three days later, I will resurrect into I will resurrect again. OK, and. And nobody, nobody, even at that time, except for when Jesus was around, he resurrected an individual named Lazarus and a few others, I believe, too. But remember, it's, it, Christ had the power and the authority. Actually, God did to be able to to go forward and resurrect someone like this to life. OK, Christ himself, he said that he laid down his life. OK, and so because of the fact that he had, is a son of God and was able to do these things, it was it, in other words, the 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 pain that he endured. It's not to minimize any of that. The pain that he suffered and, and, and not only that, but the wrath of God, the rejection of the father 
to the son. That was horrific. That was something that was a payment for you and I that we would never we would never have to endure because of Christ. But the wonderful thing about it is because of the obedience of Christ and because of the the going through the sacrifice he did, guess what? He raised he was raised to the raised to life after the third day. Okay. And this and this story has been challenged. It's been it was challenged then, and I'm sure right now, as we as you and I continue on, it's it's all challenged now because people challenge the Bible, they challenge the validity, they they, they even challenge the gospel itself. Okay, so let's continue on here. It says, but that can't be true if the resur- if there is no resurrection. Okay, of the dead. And, and if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised, okay? And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. Now, listen to this. He talks in a way that this is how people that I've even encountered that really, they, they really want to prove this and they really want to stay, put their stake in the ground and say that, well, you're still guilty of your sins. See, it's not even so much of disproving Christ, Christ not being able to be raised from the dead. It's more like, oh, you think that you are forgiven? You're not forgiven. You're still in your sins. You're still guilty. And that's really what, when you think about it, behind that argument, behind when people challenge, remember, there is there is a force behind that that even says that you're, you're still guilty of your sins and there's doubt. And this is all to create doubt instead of having faith. That you are forgiven of your sins. Okay. So remember that. Remember Paul even brings this out. He says. And if Christ has not been raised. Then your faith is useless. And and you are still guilty of your sins. Okay. Let's go on further. In 18 it says. In that case all all who have died. Believing in Christ are lost. Okay. And if our, our hope in Christ. Is only for this life. We are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. In other words, the reason why he says that. Because we are a people or would be a people. That goes on believing this lie. You know, believing a lie in an in a, in a individual who never was raised from the dead, uh, uh, never conquered uh, death by, by the victory of, of the resurrection. OK, because remember, the resurrection, it represents victory over death. And if, if, if he has victory over death, guess what? He has victory over sin. Remember, he had to take up on the sin. And then once he took up on our sin, then he buried that. Okay, he went, he, in other words, he was buried and then he was, and then he resurrected to new life. Okay, that means God himself resurrected him, right? And so now that he's been resurrected, this, this is what, this is why this is also important. When Jesus Christ resurrected and he, and he pronounced now he has victory, he is now, um, um, has all authority in both heaven and earth. In other words, now, 
through through the, the authority of Jesus Christ, you now can use him or go through him or he is now the access between you and the Lord. There is now full access and and, and there is full victory in not only the, the conquering of your sin and being that he shows that I have full been I am fully the atonement for your sin, but I'm also the one that is now have fully victoriously reconciled you back to the Lord to, to God the Father. Amen. So so remember when when these things happen, when these um, people, when people come to you and they challenge you, like I said earlier, some of it is sincere questions. So don't always take it as, you know, somebody the devil's trying to attack me or 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 there's a satanic attack. It's not always the case, okay? But there are some times that people do or are asking sincere questions. Understand is you'll know by the Holy Spirit where it's coming from and how that question's being asked and the motive behind that question. And remember, even in Jesus's day, people asked a lot of questions and 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 their motive for doing it was to try to trick him up or to try to disprove him. And that's the same thing it is now. So this here is actually telling us and showing us how we have to really be aware of not only believing in the faith that we believe in by faith. And also to defend the faith that we we also believe in. So it's not so much good enough that you know what you believe in, but also how do you defend it? Because you're always going to have people that's going to challenge what you believe. Oh, you going to church now? Oh, you going reading your Bible? Oh, you believe in that Bible? Um, or or you know how do you know that that how you know that Bible's real? Or or is that Bible written by man? You know you're going to get all those type of things. You praying to a God. I don't see no God. How do you know it's a God? You know, so these are these are the things among the resurrection of Christ. Just just the resurrection of Christ alone is something that people would challenge anyway. But now you got other things that people are going to challenge you among, you know, the day to day walk with the Lord and the challenges that you that we you and I face going through life. OK, remember this. I want to encourage someone out there that. We we are the Bible talks about we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and those witnesses are not always people that are applauding us or standing ovation or anything of that nature. Witnesses is also people that are watching your life and they are and some of them are critiquing you and I. The people that we go through life and they say he called himself a Christian or she she called herself a Christian. Christian, look look at how her, how her walk is. Look at look at how inconsistent she is or he is. He do one thing one day he say he with God and then next you know he this way now if you're living a life of flip-flopping back and forth then that's your own fault but if your life is just not perfect sometimes you kind of mess up a little bit but you still keep going Re remember the devil is always looking for a foothold to try to disprove not only disprove your faith but also prove his point that you know what there is no such thing as salvation there's no such thing as resurrection there's no such thing as the gospel there's no such thing as heaven or hell or anything of that nature remember the challenges that come right here is as a result of of being of trying to someone trying to disprove that the gospel is real that christ is real that your faith is 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 false and your faith is useless like the like like it says here in the bible now the next one it says 
um, in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin are is death. Um, I'm sorry, hold on. Yeah. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Now, remember, this is the most important. This is one of the uh, important verses that found in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin are death and the free, but the free gift. Now, remember, this is my emphasis on the scripture. Uh, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you know that the free gift is actually eternal life? That means what is eternal life? That means a life that you live beyond this life. The life that you hear me talking to you right now, you're living and breathing in this uh, in, in this world right now. When you stop live, living and breathing here, you will have what you call eternal life, a life that is going to last forever. There is no need for uh, uh, any any type of <laughs> any type of uh, 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 things that you had in this life to make to continue to help you uh, in in the next. Okay, so some of this that's that's actually a wonderful thing. You won't need pills and things like that. To, you know, if you got illness and things like that, there's no illness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no um, there's no cancer. There is no uh, diabetes. Look, heck, I mean, <laughs> look at today's. To what's going on there's no coronavirus in heaven right <laughs> i mean i'm just trying to trying to say that but you know what there is a lot of things eternal life through christ jesus is a free gift okay it's a free eternal gift that means that you don't have to do nothing to earn it you don't have to die on the cross you don't have to give your life up the, the meaning that you have to you know kill yourself or anything of that matter you don't have to do anything but accept the 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 uh the the free gift of god which is the death of jesus christ and the resurrection of what will happen all right so let's continue on here the next scripture says it says the next day on the sabbath the leading priests and the pharisees and pharisees went to see pilate they told him sir remember that what that deceiver once said while he was still alive after three days i will rise from the dead okay let me stop right here let me stop right here the next day on the sabbath now remember this is a sabbath that people are not supposed to do anything on the sabbath according to what they taught right the leading priests and the Pharisees went to see Pilate. Now they went to see Pilate. Did you notice who did this? The leading priests and the Pharisees. These were the religious elite of that day. They went to see Pilate. Now Pilate was not a religious leader. He was just a regular leader. He was like the leader in, the, in that time in Rome. They told him, sir, remember what that deceiver once said? While he was still alive, that deceiver, who was that deceiver? It wasn't the devil they were talking about. They were talking about Jesus himself. Now, you notice that they came to him on a Sabbath on that Saturday, the day after he was he had been uh, crucified on the cross, which was a Friday. So now here they go. He ain't even been in the grave, not even a full day. And there they go coming to Pilate. And, and first of all, they call him deceiver. And he says, once he uh, said, they remember, he says, once said, while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise from the dead. Now, verse 64 says, so we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. 
If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were we were at first. Pilate replied, take take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Now, let's just let's let's talk about this real quick. Verse 65 and 66. We're going to work at the end of this. Now, Pilate uh, tells the guards secure it the best way you can. So they went and they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Okay, there's two things I pick up on this. First of all, they not only sealed the tomb, made sure that it was sealed, nobody could get in, but they also posted guards to protect it. Now, when they say sealed the tomb, um, I'm not sure exactly how that process was. I'm not sure if it was an actual seal or was it a seal from Pilate, meaning that it became an official, like hands off, nobody's able to get over there or what have you. I'm not sure exactly what that really means when they say seal the tomb. Okay, I can only assume because, of course, I wasn't there at that time, but judging by how they probably did things as far as Roman culture, um, how they did things at that time, we never know. But we do we do see here that they wanted to put some guards there to make sure that you secure it um the stand guard okay and the third thing i will pick up on is because Pilate um sent this order that the romans the rome uh, the roman uh centurions or the the roman uh, soldiers at the time they had to obey Pilate. if you didn't obey Pilate at the time then yes you're you're you you will be punished okay and so this is a setup for what will happen later. Okay. So understand this. Um, there was a few things that, that were done that to, to ensure that, uh, any physical, uh, stealing of the body of Jesus would not happen. Okay. And, and, and again, we look at in the very beginning, how the, the leading priests and the, and the Pharisees went to see Pilate and they they were so, in my opinion, they were so nervous and scared. They remembered the words of Jesus. They obviously knew that they always obviously felt that Jesus was going to um, really do what he said he going to do. And they knew it. They knew it. So what did they do? They they went to uh, Pilate and made sure that this was not going to happen. They may, just say, you know what? Let's just make sure this ain't going to happen. Um, and then not only that, but then they even they blamed it on the disciples and say, you know what? The disciples, they, they, you know, see, first of all, they didn't understand or they did not see what Jesus had already seen. The disciples had had ran. They they left Jesus by himself. Now, of course, all this that I'm telling you, it's it's. It is um, some of the details that we're going to discover as we begin to talk about the journey to the cross. Jesus, as as the days get nearer to the time of his crucifixion, will begin to see these things take place. The moments in which Jesus was alone, where he prayed and asked God to to. Um, you know, in the last final moments, you know, that uh, he was praying to God. I mean, eventually the disciples end up leaving him behind. The disciples left him alone, you know, and during a time when the Roman, uh, the Roman soldiers went and encountered Jesus. OK, so we so I'm, this is kind of where the 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 type the um, that is where I'm getting it from. So and I say that because. The the fair the Pharisees and high priests they really felt that the disciples were going to do this. Well, the disciples unfortunately were scared. Not, second of all, the, the disciples also were discouraged because 
Jesus actually died on the cross. Remember, he talked about the gospel. He talked about what's going to happen, but he also talked about his resurrection. They really felt at that time that Jesus was going to just, you know, overthrow the government, uh, become this, this world leader or become this king. And they really felt that that this was going to happen in the physical realm. They thought that this was going to happen on earth. They said, oh man, you know, this is the Messiah. This is the return of the king. And and you know what? We're, we're going to be his subjects. But you know what? It didn't happen the way they thought it did. The next thing you know, Jesus was crucified and he died on the cross. They took his body down and they buried him. Guess what? When Jesus was buried, all their hopes were buried. All their dreams were dashed. All their dreams were let down. And I'm talking about the disciples. But the ones that kind of halfway kind of was like, no, nah, I don't know. Jesus did say this. He did say he going to raise from the dead after the third day. They were the ones that really thought about this is this could possibly happen. So let's make sure that he stays. If he did, let make sure he stays dead. Make sure that his body, number one, is not taken by the disciples. And then they go around saying that he was raised from the dead. They were trying to get a get a, a step ahead of what they think could possibly happen. And no, they didn't think about a resurrection, but they did think about, yeah, this could be happening as and and then make the others make the, the case that that he was resurrected and making it out to be a lie. Okay, so as we continue on reading these scriptures, the next scripture we're going to be reading from is going to be found in John of chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. He said, so at this moment, you know, this is all we're now we're getting really into the to the Easter story. Um, that Sunday evening, though, if you notice, this was now the third day and the third day has not already passed. And so Jesus, as as we know, um, as we know about the story, Jesus had already risen from the grave at this time. So now the Bible is declaring that this is Sunday evening. The disciples were in they said they were in uh behind locked doors in probably a room that they all used to meet up in probably the same room i'm assuming the same room they met for the lord's supper so they decided going back to that room you know going back there where they last was with jesus right when he was alive so all of a sudden he stands among them he says peace peace uh, uh be with you now it's amazing to to hear him say that um i can only imagine what the what the disciples must have felt um being that they were probably surprised believe it or not and why should why shouldn't have they been surprised i think that they probably just by human nature were surprised listen a lot of times when things happen physically in front of you we're, we're more apt to believe that than we are believing what a person like jesus christ would have said jesus christ kept telling them that this is what's going to happen. I'm a, I'm a suffer. I'm a die on the cross. And then after three days that I'm a resurrect from the, from the grave. And when he appeared before them, it wasn't like, 
you know, they were happy and joyful and stuff like that. They were probably scared because all of a sudden they understood. They saw that Jesus had died. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus is among them talking about peace be with you. <laughs> OK, so I can only imagine what the response was in that room. So then Matthew 16, let's go to Matthew 16, verse 21, um, verse 21 it says from then on, Jesus uh, began to tell his, his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed on the third day. He will, he would be raised from the dead. Now this here is taking a step back because, um, the scripture we read before was after all these things took place. So this one here is talking about what happened and, and actually the, the message that he gave his disciples before he died on the cross remember it says from then on jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to jerusalem okay and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and leading priests and the teachers of religious law now there's two things i want to point out here one is he he felt it necessary for him to go to jerusalem listen the one thing about jesus christ and that we pick up here is that he knew his death destiny he knew exactly what had to be done he knew what it was to fulfill his destiny even if his destiny was to face the cross the executional style uh, um, uh, torture and pain that he would actually endure listen he knew his destiny and that's why and he didn't shrink from his destiny yes well, he was scared he he was he was feeling the pressure like anybody else but he didn't stop and so, first of all, he said, and the Bible plainly talks about it. He felt it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. Okay. That means that he understood what exactly was getting ready to happen and that he would. And then it says here, and it confirms it, and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. Those are three different groups. The elders, number one, the leaders and the priests, okay, or the leading priests, I should say, and the teachers of religious law. Now, at that time, even the Jewish people, they had these three groups, and all three of these groups will be the ones, unfortunately, to lead the charge to 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 uh, basically get rid of Jesus or to crucify him, to kill him, and so that his ministry his gospel would be silenced in other words ain't nobody gonna know about who he is we 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 don't want him around especially when we're trying to be the 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 people that go to the people that that come to us okay it's a it was a pretty selfish thing you know as you can see how these things would begin to take place in the life of jesus christ let's move on now the last verse that we have here um, or the actually, I'm sorry, not the last verse. I was wrong on that. Well, one of the last verses, I should say, um, John 10 and 30, um, it says the father and I are one. And this is important because Jesus is always telling, has been telling them that yes, the father and him are one. They're only, they're not just one as in one as an agreement, but they're also one in entity as well. When you see him, you see the father. And if you, if, if uh, you're talking to God, you're also talking to Jesus Christ. They're the same. Okay. Jesus told him, told him now this is in uh, John 14 14 and 6 it says I am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me 
And then um, another verse, those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks honor, um, the one who's who who the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. OK, um, so this is something that um, let's read this again. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. This is a very, there's a very important verse here because Jesus himself is being challenged. Now, if we read the full scripture on this, we'll kind of get some context as to what they were, what, why he said what he said. Okay. Um, hold on. Let's, let's, uh, I want to kind of get us into let's see this is John 7 first uh, I'm sorry John 7 chapter 7 uh, verse 18 okay so here, here's what was going on here here's what was going on here okay so it says here in verse uh, I want to say let's go to verse 15 okay verse 15 verse 15 of John. I'm sorry, John 7, verse 15. Okay, the people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves but a person who speaks on who seeks to, to honor the one who sent him speak the truth not lies moses gave you the law and none of you obey it mm. and in fact you are trying to kill me okay so even though this wasn't part of the verse but i'm glad we read this okay um Listen, what we got to see here is that, remember, Jesus was constantly being challenged, okay? He was being challenged before, all the way up to the cross, okay? So, one of the things that he did was he, he challenged those that was trying to uh, discredit him, okay? Discredit the teachings, okay? So, what he began to do is he began to address, he, he addressed the, his, his, uh, his haters. <laughs> and so, it says here, he says that anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. Remember, they, they, they thought he was a uh, radical, okay? They really thought that Jesus was a radical. He was disrupting everything. He was disrupting what was going on at that time. He didn't want them to 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 take over, or he he, he thought they looked at Jesus as one that was trying to take over, and um, yeah, you know, he said that he don't speak for himself. He said those that speak for themselves only want glory for themselves, but a person who seeks honor. Um, uh, honor the one who who sent him speaks truth and no lie. In other words, they're not going to sit up here and and tell a lie on the one that sent them sent him. And that's just what Jesus was talking about. And then it says here in verse nineteen is really where he just kind of like 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm just gonna say this he kind of like backhands his his haters with this with this saying he says Moses gave you the law but none of you obey it okay so the law itself was given by Moses okay so remember if they're going to speak the truth they need to speak the truth and and obey it if they don't obey it guess what they're not speaking they're not obeying what what where they got the law from where they got it from it says in fact you are trying to kill me he says this because think about it moses he he had the ten commandments okay the ten commandments one of the ten commandments is thou shall not kill thou shall not murder and you know what he's saying right here you you're the ones that are trying to kill me and moses is the one you're you're basically being obedience to the to the law and yet you're you're disobeying the law you're none you're not even obeying it in fact you're trying to kill me <laughs> so it's just it's just one of those things that it really really um gives a testament testament of how um jesus understood exactly what was going on he understood that you know men at that time were trying to uh discredit him they were trying to make his existence uh something of questionable um uh his his message was not to be heard it was radical it was uh disruptive to the religious uh, establishment at that time um they were they were um out to silence him and they thought that this man is getting out of hand. We don't like it, and we're we need to silence him. We need to stop him. They asked him. I believe there was one point where they asked Jesus not to even teach, but you know it wasn't about him teaching. It was about what he, what God had required him. God the Father had asked him to do, and he was doing exactly what his father had called him to do. Remember, Jesus was on a mission. He was on a mission to to. Um, to to his destiny and to what God has had in front of him and it was a great call it was greater than the the moments in when the high priests and the teachers of religious law were trying to uh discredit him those things right there I don't think that it so much bothered Jesus but it did get him to the place where he's saying that hey you know what <laughs> you can do all you want to do and, and and claim all the things you want to claim but I'm still going to do what what God has sent me to do Sometimes in life as 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 a believer you have to you have to stand flat-footed and do whatever it is that God has called you to do especially when you know that it's the calling of God on your life. If God has called you to do something, God has called you to preach, God has called you to teach, then you know what? No matter what, through hell or high water, you got to do what it is that God has called you to do. You need to obey what God has 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 called you to obey, and that's all that should matter. At the end of the day, that's all that should matter. So, yes, um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. So, um, as we wrap up this this uh, episode, uh, first of all, I apologize for the length of this episode, and I know it's quite lengthy. But um, I wanted to um, just say one little last thing about um, 
you know, what this episode really, uh, uh, I guess, captured. This is really talking about the resurrection and why why it's important and also why it was also challenged. It was challenged in a number of ways. It was challenged in the times of, you know, even now, but it was challenged after when Paul, you know, Paul was writing the letters to the Corinthian church, um, begin to explain to them about the resurrection. There was questions about it, whether it actually happened. Um, we can only assume that, that those were questions at that time because of the letter that he wrote. The second thing is that it was also challenged in the time of the disciples right after Jesus' death. We see that when when Jesus uh, died on the cross, it was it was not just really challenged, but it was also set up to that people would not believe that the resurrection actually happened. They were um, going to the place of going as far as making sure that the guard, the temple guards would um, actually um, or Roman guards, excuse me, that would actually uh, stand uh, around the, the tomb to make sure that disciples wouldn't steal the body of Jesus Christ. And uh, that was written in the Bible, too, you know, as a matter of fact. And I thank God for the for the um, authenticity, uh, authenticity and also the um, the the transparency that we see because i mean obviously it could have been left out we would have never known that all these things was happening but it it never one thing i love about the bible is that it doesn't it doesn't um uh, shy away from even the things that um shows that these were the things that was actually happening and going on behind the scenes so these conversations were being had. They were, you know, the, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, they were trying to dismantle the gospel. They were trying to make sure that, that the message in which Jesus Christ was speaking was not going to be getting out. It was not going to be um, uh, preached about even by his disciples. OK, and we see that there is a motive behind the scenes as to why these things are not to be spoken of the resurrection to it, it could be doubted. It could be dismantled. It could be distrusted. You know, there's a reason why that um, that these things were were being challenged at the time. Now, Jesus himself was also challenged, even in in his validity of who he was, the message that he was bringing. He he let them know that number one, he and the Father are one. Second of all, he also let them know that hey, you know, I don't speak on my own. The message that I speak is from God. And beside that, he even he even kind of Took a jab at the at the at the Pharisees and Sadducees at the time. He basically told them. He says, "You know what?" He goes, "You guys are supposed to be the ones that obey the law of Moses." Well, guess what? You guys are not even obeying that. And on top of that, you're trying to kill me. And so that was making reference to um, the 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 Mosaic law, which states that 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 you know one of the laws of Moses is one of the Ten Commandments that states that thou shall not kill. So yes. He was addressing those things, okay? And on top of that, he was also addressing his critics and, and letting them know, if you're trying to disprove me and trying to look at me, then look at yourself because you guys are hypocrites, okay? So... I'm telling you, there's going to be times and in, in this in in this season and even as you um, probably have already encountered some people that are going to challenge your faith, they're going to challenge what you believe. And remember this. At the end of the day, 
you know, this is a book. This is a, a belief that has to do with faith. And remember, I said this before that, you know, we by faith, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the, in the power of the resurrection, but we also believe in the in the sacrifice that was made. We also have other words. We not only just have faith and blind faith, but. There's such a strong belief that we understand what it was for and the requirements and and it, it and the Bible even backs it up as to why these requirements were done, why it was important for the um you know we read it we talked about it in another in a previous episode why was the blood important why was the uh, uh having access to god important what was jesus at that time he was considered the high priest to give us access to god okay so all these things was important, but most importantly, the resurrection gives believers hope. It gives me hope. It gives you hope. And and guess what? The devil does not want you to have hope. People, there are people that are doubters that will not want you to have hope. They're trying to destroy that. Remember, some even some it said in the devotional, or when we talked about what Paul was saying, that some that even to the point where if we if if Christ had not uh, resurrected, then we are most pitiful. And not only that, but we believe in in a, in a Christ that didn't do what he said, and we're preaching a gospel that never is is valid, and we. With that being said, we're still guilty of our sin. And I think that's more of the crime than anything, not just the fact of, of eternal life, never having eternal life, but that we're still guilty in our sin. And there is no atonement. Remember, if they try to dismantle this whole thing, they dismantle everything that was connected to Christ, every single thing that was connected, the atonement, the, 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 the atonement for our sins, that was the most important eternal life. That was important. And so if these things were not real and didn't happen, guess what? Man, we are, are, we are like the Bible says, most miserable people. And you know what? Thank God that's not the case, right? We believe by faith, but thank God that is not the case that Jesus Christ did die for our sins. He did. He was buried and he was victoriously resurrected forever resurrecting forever victorious over the sin over our, our our sin making the full atonement complete and making sure that we understand that now he has all authority in our heaven and earth and that through jesus christ our, our lord we can have access to god amen so we're going to end this this episode i hope you have a wonderful day sorry for taking so long on this one we'll see you next time and uh god willing i'll be talking to you bye-bye